I noticed I wasn't posting as much of my videos. And so I thought as a way to just practice and also to get over the fear of posting something imperfect, because I feel like that's kind of what stops a lot of us is we're just so afraid of putting imperfect work out there. And I know I'm such a perfectionist that that's always what keeps me from you know, showing my work. I said, I'm just going to commit to doing a video a day, whether it's good, whether it's bad. I'm just going to put it out there. It's kind to me, it was kind of like the equivalent of um, doing your piano drills. You know, like you can't create your masterpiece until you've mastered your, your piano drills and your scales. Um, so I, I feel like that was the same for video and video creation and storytelling. Welcome to the We Are Photographers podcast from Creative Live. I'm your host, Kenna Klosterman, bringing you true stories from behind the lens and behind the lives of your favorite photographers, filmmakers, and creative industry game changers. From their struggles to their wins, we get the real human stories about why they do what they do. I believe there is something to learn from everyone's story. Listen, get inspired, and discover why in the end, your creative journey is all worth it. This is We Are Photographers, and these are our stories. So let's get started. Uh, once again, I'm Kenna Klosterman, your host, and we are here on Creative Live for a podcast, We Are Photographers. And I am thrilled to bring on today one of our instructors who is highly rated, we know and love, and her name is Cielo de la Paz. And Cielo is a photographer, a mobile filmmaker. She is an educator. And early on, she was featured in Apple's uh, Shot on iPhone. And that we're going to talk about her journey from there because she was featured all over the world, um, which is very cool and was definitely um, a, a, a moment in her career. Uh, like I said, she teaches whether that's at Stanford University at Google here on Creative Live. Definitely going to want to check out her courses on mobile filmmaking and editing. Uh, she travels all over the world speaking at conferences about mobile photography and filmmaking, and she has won awards too. And she's just a lovely human. So Cielo de la Paz, thank you so much for joining us today on Creative Live. Hi, Kenna. It's so great to be here to see you. I know, Thanks for that I intro. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been a minute. I, I just have I such fond, fond memories of you being in the Creative Life Studios and teaching your classes. And you're just, you know, when you look at the reviews of your classes or other, you know, wh wherever it is that you're teaching and speaking, you just, you are such a natural teacher and you also just, your your personality comes through. So happy oh, to finally you. have you here yeah. um, on, on the podcast. Definitely. So let's just... Let's check in and see where people are, have, are tuning in from. Wow, we have um, we have Keogal, sorry if I pronounced your name improperly, who is watching from Francistown, Botswana. Wow. Uh, we have Brooke, who is uh, in the Philly area. I used to live in Philly, all right, PA. And uh, we have images by Gretchen, a regular here, and Gretchen is in Long Branch. So keep those coming. I see you, I hear you, and we love to do the shout outs. Where are you joining us from today, Cielo? I know the answer, but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am joining you from the San Francisco Bay Area. Exactly, exactly. Um, what I want to start talking about, Cielo, is your 365, uh -huh. 66 
days of putting out a video a day for the year of 2020. We're now, it's now March, unbelievable, 2021. Uh, and, and so just let's start talking about why you took this on. And of course there'll be like various things to talk about, but for all of you out there, you know, there's like the photo of the day thing. Well, Cielo took it up a notch to <laughs> a video a day for a year. So why did you start it? Um, so I had done a, vi- a photo a day for eight years and it just got too easy. Just kidding. No, eight years? I did it for eight years in a row. I didn't succeed every year. I think like for five of those years I succeeded. Um, and then I got into filmmaking and, um, I noticed I wasn't posting as much of my videos. And so I thought as a way to just practice and also to get over the fear of posting something imperfect, because I feel like that's kind of what stops a lot of us is we're just so afraid of putting imperfect work out there. And I I know I'm such a perfectionist that that's always what keeps me from, you know, showing my work. I said, I'm just going to commit to doing a video a day, whether it's good, whether it's bad. I'm just going to put it out there. It's kind to me, it was kind of like the equivalent of um, doing your piano drills. You know, like you can't create your masterpiece until you've mastered your your piano drills and your scales. Um, so I, I feel like that was the same for video and video creation and storytelling. And so for that whole year last year, to me, was kind of like my it was my practice. Um, and it just Oh, I learned so much from it. I'm so glad that I did it, but I'm happy it's done. <laughs> well, I, I think it's there's there's so many different things I want to talk about in what you just said. I mean, there's yeah. the the getting over your fears of putting stuff out that until it's perfect. Um, there's sort of relaxing with you know who you are and what you're putting out there. Uh, in addition to just the the what you learned. So mm-hmm. let's start with the sort of what what you learned from a, just from a storytelling, let's start with the storytelling. What did you learn about storytelling in and of itself from this project? And I still, I, my mind is blown by the five, by eight years of trying to do a photo a day. Photo a day. <laughs> well, I mean, we can get into that later, but that's how my work was found by Apple. Because ah. I just had so much content out there. I think I just spammed everybody and there's no way you were going to stumble on my work somehow. <laughs> We will get to that. We yeah, will we'll get, get to, to that. that. Yeah. Um, but what did I learn um, about storytelling? Quite a few things, actually. Um, one is that it's that's the hardest thing, to be honest with you. It's not the technical. It's that's probably the easiest part is the the film, the actual act of filmmaking and the editing. Super easy. But coming up with content and trying to tell a story was really hard. And um, I learned that. It works better if it's planned, obviously. Um, And there's different ways to tell a story, actually. So there's visual, right? Um, But if you don't necessarily have all the visuals, which happen fairly often, because at the end of the night, it'd be like 9 p.m. and I had nothing and I still had to come up with something. Um, So it's not just visual, it's voice, um, you know, and you can just put together a series of screens. There's many ways I learned that you can successfully tell a story. And before I did the full year, to me, storytelling had to be this full on, like with music, you know, to me, it was something really um, much, it felt like it had to be huge production. And I learned it didn't have to be, um, there are different ways to do it, but it it is incredibly hard to tell a, a good, compelling story. 
Well, I think it's interesting because if you're if you're somebody who's just starting um, using, you know, again, we're talking mobile filmmaking, using your smartphone to be um, to be creating visual stories. It's one thing probably all of us take photos with our iPhone, take perhaps videos with our iPhone, uh, but the, the the then doing something with it, with it. the yes. editing part, um, I've got thousands of little video clips on my phone, like literally thousands. And because I'm always thinking like, oh, I'm going to do something with this or that. And then, and then I don't, but part of that is both like not knowing how to the, how to edit. Um, I don't want to say not knowing, not having taken the time to actually do the work to, to know how to do it and all of that. Um, but then there's, like you said, the storytelling part. So, um, it's interesting to me that you're like, oh, the technical st- stuff is easy. Whereas for me, I'm still hung up on, on, uh, on that part. Um, talk yeah, to me that about was- the, the ease of like, did you, again, you're, you, you teach the editing part, you know, and the filmmaking part. So, so what are the, what, what are things that people most often say, like, are hard about the technical side that you tell them, no, it's okay. Like you're going to be able to do that part. Yeah. So editing is always what people say they have the hardest time with. Um, but after it, it's funny because it's it's a little bit backwards. People think editing is going to be really hard because it seems the most technical. And um, it actually always ends up not being the hardest thing. And I've taught, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of students. It's actually editing is will come easiest once you know where the buttons are and like how to place things where on a timeline. What's harder is the filmmaking, actually. But people think, you know, if I just wave my phone around, you know, I'm, I'm already filmmaking. But no, it's hard. It, it requires more skill and nuance, actually, to film something well. Whereas with editing, you can kind of like mess around and, and it, you'll end up with something decent. Um, but I think, you know, I say it was easy for me because I, I obviously have an advantage. You know, <laughs> I teach it. So it's kind of unfair, you know, for others to try what I did if they didn't have the skills on the phone to edit and film. Um, but it, it, it's not as hard as people might think, especially if you're doing the editing on your phone. And there are apps out there that just make it super easy to do it. I mean, I don't know if you're on TikTok, but there are folks that have never done videography or film or editing and they're on TikTok and they don't know what they're actually doing is they're editing video on the fly. So it's not that hard, actually. That's a brilliant point. Like, I mean, we watch, we're seeing TikTok videos, you know, left, right and center. But to your point, like people are, that's video editing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I think, I think we're all just, uh, I know my sisters when they first start, especially at Stanford, you know, I have a lot of um, technophobic people that are like, oh, I just don't, I'm not technically, you know, skilled. And um, they're surprised, you know, after a few weeks, they've got it, they've got a video and it's, it's actually really not that hard. You just need to know how to do it. So let's go back to, again, what you, what you learned over this. Cause I just, uh, yeah, the, the, I started to watch some of them and it's just so, it's so fun. Cause you see like, oh yeah, she had to get really creative <laughs> um, <laughs> and she did. Uh, but it was also interesting to see like just 
literally looking at some of the videos from the beginning of the year, pre-pandemic, like, you know, like, it's just, it's so, so, so how did things change for you once um, things changed for us all in the world? I know. I actually was first kicking myself for doing this during a pandemic year because clearly I wasn't traveling. I mean, if it were done just the year before, I would have had beautiful scenery, you know, seen Ireland and London, like all sorts of cool places. And this this year it was literally my backyard half the time that you were seeing. But I am actually glad that it did happen during the pandemic year because I was able to capture momentous events of 2020. And to me, my feed from then, it it feels like a historical piece, to be honest with you. Um, Especially you can contrast the beginning of the year, January, I I did a trip to LA and just kind of like the freedom we had of walking around without masks. Um, And just I was in a crowd at Staples Center, you know, and then to towards the end of the year, I'm most of the time alone. And a lot of times I'm wearing a mask. Um, So it was just really interesting to see that contrast of before and after. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and it, 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 it like you said, it's you had one idea in mind. But then I would imagine like, did it forced you to have to get even more creative because you weren't just like traveling and in this new and cool place. Um, And, and so again, going back to the like storytelling, um, how did you like, tell us about a time where you were like, where it was that 9 PM and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do today. (laughs) (laughs) That happened so many times. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I felt like it was kind of an equalizer for me because um, I know a lot of folks would have said to me before, well, that's easy for you to say to be able to film something because you're always out and about and you have interesting things to show. Well, last year I had nothing to show. So it was kind of like for everyone that complained that all they had was their house. Well, guess what? That was all I had. And come 9 p.m. I had nothing. And so a lot of the times... Um, I don't know if you saw that one. I just spun around in my chair and I filmed it. And then I just made some cool effects and just kind of talked about how I had nothing to film. And that in itself became a story. So I kind of showed like, you know, how do you tell that story of no ideas? So that's a story. Um, it's, I, I, it really forced me to be creative. Um, I was very surprised with what I came up with sometimes. <laughs> Well, and I think that's the thing. Like we always, you, you, we all get in creative ruts. We all in that moment of like yeah. panic, like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this creative rut or whatever. Cause if like, I don't have the idea now, how am I going to get to that idea? You know, but to, yeah. to your point. I, I think that's the thing is when you are in a creative rut, the worst thing you can do is do nothing. Um, you know, just like just the act of doing it gets you out of that creative rut. And you're probably not going to produce something amazing, but it'll get things kind of kickstarted. And if you just keep practicing and it, to me, it became kind of like a, a discipline, you know, just do it every day and that you don't even, it's not a decision to make. That decision was already made January 1st, you know, 2020. I am making a video today and um, it, it got me, I was surprised. Like I have to create something when you're, you know, pinned against the wall, you, you, you'll be surprised at what you come out with. It's, it was actually, I, a lot of times I would be done with the video and I'd be like, 
wow, I can't believe I just did that. Um, so I think you'll be surprised. And I don't think I'm any special. I think it's just when you're, you know, under pressure like that, most of us, I think, will come up with something. Well, and I think it's a good, I mean, similarly, just in life, right? I mean, not just your creativity, but you, you in, in any of the challenges that we come up against, um, the often the worst thing, like you said, to do is nothing. I find that it's resonating with me strongly right now. Oh, really? <laughs> just, you know, just <laughs> as you like when you're experiencing like anxiety or whatever, or you're yeah. unsure of how something's going to work out. And you're like, yeah. if you just sit there and freeze, you know, then, then yeah, it's not going to move forward. Uh, I, I do want to give a shout out. We've got some people again, continuing to, to tune in and Jason Ruby, uh, oh, did, yes, did 225 daily videos with you. Oh, he's uh, amazing. Oh, you guys should look at his Instagram. He had a full on set. Like he was, he, yeah, he's take a look at his feed. He's good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Jason Ruby, put type in, you're watching on Facebook, type in what your Instagram is so we can go, I'll go check that out. But he, he is saying, yes, and it broke me. <laughs> I can't He's also, um, he was also featured on the Apple shot on iPhone, by the way. So his work was also up there. Okay. Awesome. All right. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's go back in time. Okay. Um, again, first of all, kudos and congratulations. And I know at the end of that series, again, your, your whole thing was to encourage other people to get out there and do the same. So, and, and yes. create. So thank Absolutely. you again for that. Everybody go check um, all of that out. Uh, and cause it's really, it is really fun to, to see and watch. Okay. So let's go back in time. Uh, what were you doing? Where were you in your career and all of that? Uh, and, and how did the Apple iPhone campaigns shot on Apple come about? And yeah, just to tell us a story for folks who don't know it. Yeah, so I had mentioned earlier that I was doing this photo a day project. I believe I started the first one in 20, I don't know, 12 or something like that. Um, and then I was posting on Flickr and on Instagram, and one day, I think it was 2014, I don't remember exactly, 2014, 2015, um, someone on Flickr randomly messages me and says, hey, we'd like to license your photo, but you know, you need to sign this NDA. And I almost said no, actually, because I was like, why do I have to sign an NDA that doesn't make any sense? I had licensed my photo to, you know, other, you know, brands and I'd never had to sign you know, an NDA. So it's like, mm, I don't know. Um, but I signed it and it ended up being Apple. And at that point, it was the first year that they ran the Shauna iPhone ad campaign. So I had no clue what it was going to be. And um, in my mind, it was going to be maybe like a poster at the store you know, or something like that. <laughs> That's what I thought it was going to be. It's like a poster, maybe a sticker. I don't know, like a little card that, I don't know, like uh, marketing stuff. Um, and then I think I didn't find out until it was actually when they almost launched and they said, by the way, it's going to be these billboards all around the world. And I was like, what do you mean billboards? Like the big ones? <laughs> and I was so blown away. And I did not realize it was going to be that big. Um, it's probably one of the most exciting moments of my, you know, photography or creative life. 
Um, but that was just a lot of fun. And um, take they us just to, had found... take us to like that. Cause I mean, I can only imagine yeah. seeing your image, you know, on a, on a billboard when, Again, that's taken on your phone. This is before we all, you know, we're taking photos on our phone. And the quality, of course, now is different. But, like, where were you? Which billboard did you see? Um, And what what was the image? Tell tell us more about that. Oh, right. Oh, the image was interesting. Okay, again, I, I was forced to be creative because I had to do it every day. And the photo that actually got featured, I don't know if you can see, it's actually behind me. It's the red umbrella. Um. It was uh, one day, I almost didn't go out that day to take a photo because it was the worst storm ever in the Bay Area that we had experienced in 16 years. It's like, well, I still have to take a photo today. Um, so I went out and I was like, what What does the worst storm look like? And I went outside and with my umbrella and then I saw the reflection of the umbrella on the, on the, uh, on the ground and I, I snapped a photo and that was the photo of the day. Um, and I posted it to Flickr, and um, that that was that was the image that they selected. So that was really exciting. Um, not to get into like my life at that point, but to me, I think I've attached a lot of meaning to this whole campaign because I had gone into photography to just kind of get out of like a rut that I was having in my life. You know, things weren't going well. We, we do, we do want to get into you want to get your, <laughs> Oh yeah. That's what this podcast is actually. All oh about. my gosh. Is this, this Oprah? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, okay. I had just gotten divorced at that time and I was, um, I used photography as a way to just kind of have peace. Like I, I got into hiking and it went out on my own and it was like my, one piece of joy that I had in my life. And so for something to come out of that whole thing and to bring me joy, it got, you know, it was just to me, it just meant so much. And um, I had just poured myself into photography. I took, I was on Creative Live, you don't even know, like how many lessons I took on the platform. Um, and it was just, it was just amazing to get some kind of not payoff, but just to get something great out of it like that happened. Um, so I was extremely happy. I think I, I overdid it. Like actually, it's like I want to see one in person. Um, so I, there was at the time there were no billboards of mine at, in the Bay Area, and so I just flew all the way to New York uh, to go see it. And um, I stood in front of the billboard. Um, with my kids and my mom was there too. And then, you know, we took a photo, we took selfies. But the funny thing was, as soon as I got home to San Francisco, there was a billboard there. <laughs> so I was like, okay, great. <laughs> but you got to go to New York with your I kids did. and your I mom and stand there and see it there. I mean. Yeah, that did make it more memorable. <laughs> what, um, what so so that was still images and just my like geeky head was like what was the resolution of images at that time that they were able to put on billboards yeah. versus now I mean you said this was in it was the it was, it, it was with the iPhone six that I took that photo okay. so I don't know if someone can Google real quick what yeah. the resolution was <laughs> for the iPhone six back then. Yeah, I was surprised. Like, how are they doing that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did it then go to video? 
Did you have yeah. Yeah, talk, talk to us about that? And then the following year, um, I had a couple more things featured. So one was a photo, again, um, of my son. So that was really special because it was him. And then the video was uh, a, a, a close-up uh, micro shot of a ladybug on the ground. Um, and it was... I feel like I kind of forced gump my way into things. Everything is a mistake that turns into something good. Um, but like that ladybug video. So I was actually out uh, early morning taking a sunrise photo. And uh, I dropped my lens cap for my lens on the ground. And as I was picking it up, I saw this ladybug on the ground. And I was like, oh, look, a cute little ladybug. Um, and then so I, I put on one of those Olo clip um lenses on my phone and then I just you know took a series of videos of the cute little ladybug and then um, Apple really liked it and so they decided to include it in their um, their video ad campaigns for the commercials. Okay so take us from seeing a in, standing in New York with your kids and your mom seeing a billboard to seeing your ladybug video on TV commercials. That was amazing because um, the, the highlight was when I was watching the NBA finals, uh, you know, during that time, one of the commercials was my commercial. Um, and it was just I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is playing during the NBA finals. And then what was really cool was that I was watching the game with a bunch of my friends and family. And then when it came on, it was like um, everybody was cheering as if, you know, our team had won. They're like, oh, my God, there's your. And that was just really it was just really cool. It was just really, really exciting to just see that. So how did you make the transition then from um, it sounded it sounds like it was, uh, you know, a hobby. You're getting divorced. You're, you know, needing something for yourself. You're putting, you know, yeah. yourself into this. Um, how did it then go to your, your teaching? Um, and this becomes, you know, your, your profession. Um, so I think it was because of, um, some friends just asking me and assuming I knew what I was doing, um, to teach them how to use their phone to take photos and, you know, videos. And at that time, no one was really, creating videos using their phones. So I think I was sort of an early adopter and I was, you know, I was more than happy to, to, to teach them. And then the more people asked me, I thought, Oh, you know, maybe I'll just, you know, like start teaching this. And so I started a YouTube channel, um, just kind of teaching it. And then Stanford found me and also assumed I knew what I was doing. Um, <laughs> Um, and then they they liked the way, you know, I was kind of teaching and then I just started teaching at Stanford. And then that sort of just kind of expanded to, you know, different organizations asking me to teach. And, you know, I joke, but I, I really do love to teach. And for me, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of one way I get to talk about something I'm passionate about. And to me, it's it's kind of just hanging out and I teach you what I know how to do. And then we can kind of hang out and do it together. And this, that's sort of how I see it. Well, I, I appreciate that you, you mentioned a couple of times, like people thought I knew what I was doing. And so I said, yes. So talk to me about <laughs> imposter syndrome and, oh you know, and how you, cause we all have it. Um, and talk to me about that and how you work through that. I'm still working through that. I mean, I think the fact that I'm here sitting in front of you and we're talking about it, it's like, oh, you know, I, I'll, I mean, Creative Live has 
some really, like I said, like this is how I learned was on the Creator Lab platform. And um, when I was first invited to Photo Week, you know, um, you know, the folks that were were invited, I felt like, why am I here? Um, they all seem super experienced and they've been doing this for years and years and have just been doing this for, you know, maybe, you know, two or three years. I mean, it's it's real. Um, and how do I overcome it? I, I, I try not to think about it in that way. I try to think about it as I have this knowledge and I, I just want to share it. Um, if people don't think it's it's useful to them, then, you know, then they don't have to take it. But if I keep getting asked to teach and uh, I will always say yes. Um, and it's up to everyone else to determine, you know, whether it's good or not. I mean, it's not it's not my job to do that. My job is to just share what I know. I think that absolutely has to be the attitude, right? Because um, it can get so spun up in uh, what, yeah, you're, you're just also spun up in like comparing yourselves to others or what have you. And so if you're, if you're able to go with the, this is what I know, this is, you know, for everybody out there and whatever it is that you're talking about, or t not just even just teaching, like it all comes from your perspective. Here's what I know. Here's the way I go about it. And yeah, you know that, and you're, you're the biggest authority on you and what you know. So, um, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, making that separation between um, yourself and uh, and yeah. others. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, this is what I know. And I, I'm sure this isn't the only way. And I'm sure there are other folks that will do it a different way. But, um, you know, like, especially when I teach, it's like, you know, you 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 saw who I am and what I like, and you, you signed up for it. So here you go. <laughs> Take it or leave it. <laughs> Talk to me about the the mobile filmmaking community, uh, because yes. you know I know that you've you know gone to Ireland for there's a um, annual mobile filmmaking yeah. uh, conference there, and you've spoken there, and just I mean it really is. I mean feature films yeah. are now made yeah. with mobile devices. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the community, and um, I don't know, yeah. Yes. I don't know yeah. specifically uh, what, but talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I love the community. I feel like my passion didn't really come alive until I met all these people who are as into it as I am. And you know how it is, you kind of like feed on each other. And it's just, I, I really miss this community because we weren't able to meet last year nor this year. But it's a small, tight community. And everybody knows everybody. And everybody's super... Um, nice is such a generic word, but I think generous with their knowledge. And we're all just here trying to help each other out that, you know, tell somebody about like this new thing, that new thing, how to do this and that. Um, it's a great community, even um, like the hardware makers, the the app makers like Filmic Pro and LumaFusion, um, you know, they're very um, accessible. I was surprised and I even now consider them, you know, friends. Um, when I'm up in Seattle there, like I'll go see um, the filmic guys over there. So um, and also the LumaFusion folks. And um, it's such a I don't know, it's like I, it's such a special community um, and it is global, which is the you get different perspectives. And um, a lot of the folks are journalists. Um, and so it's really 
amazing to see what they're able to do and how they're able to tell their stories just with the phones. All right. So normally I don't get into gear necessarily. And, you know, there's a lot of gear podcasts out there. Right. But I think <laughs> that um, a lot of people want to know with, you know, with mobile devices. And since you just mentioned, um, you know, Filmic and LumaFusion. Yes. Can you talk to us? Uh, and you also mentioned in your, um, when I was watching your five things that I learned from doing the, the 365 mm -hmm. um, videos that I thought it was interesting that you said that, um, you can have like a perfectly lit and beautiful story and that you actually got more engagement on like the tips and the, the gear. <laughs> so it's true. I mean, I, it was, I mean, I, what's cool is I got, yeah, I got to see from the 366 videos, which ones got the most engagement and the ones that did typically were the ones that, uh, were talked about gear. Um, and I don't know, I, I'm not necessarily, I don't know if you want me to talk about gear, but, um, I think yes, because it's the easy do. thing, it's the easy yeah. thing for people to wrap their heads around because everything else is pretty, um, vague and you don't really know what you don't know, but gear is pretty easy to kind of wrap your head around. And I think that's why folks, um, kind of start there first. It's a good start. Um, it's true. It's the tool. It's the, it's tool. the tool. And then there's the, the more, then there's the art. Right. Exactly. So what are some of your favorite tools? Let's talk, let's. So my favorite tools, um, I'd say as a mic, you got to have a really good mic. And I feel like that's always overlooked. You know, everyone kind of focuses on the gimbal. Everybody likes the the cool gimbal because it feels like I'm officially a mobile filmmaker. I've got my gimbal. Um, but I'd say like my favorite mic is um, one of them is the Rode Wireless Go. It's a wireless mic and it's uh, very versatile. So I think I like I really like using that. Um, I actually don't use the mobile, uh, the gimbal as much as most people might think. I, I, the whole point of mobile filmmaking for me is to just be as mobile as possible. Um, and so the less gear, the better. Um, I like to use the, one of the Joby tripods, uh, just to kind of hold my phone and to, to carry it and like to put it on the ground if I want to film myself. Um, and I think with those two things, those are my, you know, everyday, I, I won't go out the door without those two things. Nice. And we can see some of that in the background there too. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm noticing. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you go from like tool to like when you're teaching, I guess, like from, from tool to art? Ooh, that is a good question. That's How a big you, question. That is know. a big question. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, and I do start with the gear when I do teach. Um, I'll say here's the basic things because you, you do need, you know, to paint a painting, you need a paintbrush and you need paint, right? Like you have to have the basics. But once you have that, it's like, okay, and now what do I do? You're sitting in front of a blank canvas. Um, and what I start with is what's, what's a story that you want to tell? Um, and you know, I say it actually matters if you outline it and then, you know, we, and then we go into the actual skills of filmmaking, you know, what's your shot list, what story, what, and then you got to learn what the different, like the actual craft of filmmaking is kind of the next thing, you know, you, you learn. I, I think exactly. And as I'm listening to you, um, 
you know, there, there's a, there's a lot to learn. Um, there is. And, and so, um, which is why we brought you to Creative Live to teach your class and why you teach classes elsewhere too. Um, I, I, but coming back to the story, why did you call yourself the storyographist? How did that name come about? Yeah, because I didn't want it to be about the gear. I didn't want it to be about the iPhone. I wanted to focus on the fact that I am storytelling. And right now it happens to be the iPhone, but it could be anything. And I, I didn't want it to be focused on the gear and the tools because at the end of the day, what matters is the story that you're telling. And I always stand by that. And I think it, it's really important to just remember that it's really, it's the content that really matters and everything else will switch out, you know? Well, I think it's interesting to think about, again, you saying like the, that you learn the gear and then that's, and the tools, and then that's the thing. And then the content and the story perhaps becomes the, the more challenging yeah. um, part. What are, what do you hear from your students as to is like, what are, what are some of the things that you see your students, like the biggest mistakes that people make sort of when starting out that you're able to like quickly come around and be like, no, if you do, if you approach it this way differently. Mm, there's, I think there's, I think there's quite a few. I mean, I think the biggest mistake, and I don't know if this is too vague, but is the, um, is expecting to be, to produce something amazing right away. Uh, and also, and, and this gets into how people learn is that I think you first need to learn the mechanics of, um, of editing. And so don't worry about what, what you, what footage you're using, just kind of learn. Um, and so I think that's a big mistake in that, like you're trying to learn storytelling and the mechanics of editing and filmmaking all at once, um, which is re a really hard thing to do. So I kind of say pace yourself, just learn just how to actually move your phone because that can get tricky. Um, just learn that part first and then learn editing. And then finally, when you know those two things fairly well, put it together and do the storytelling. And I think one of the mistakes of um, when it comes to storytelling is um, is not not really being aware that you're one trying to tell one and that there's ac an actual structure to storytelling and the most basic level you have to have a beginning middle and end whereas the end is should be kind of different from the beginning I mean very simple way to look at it um, and and I think it also assuming that your story has to be epic I mean just because it's called story you know it doesn't have to be like this epic I climb a mountain and came down kind of thing I mean it could have been like as simple as you know when I couldn't find what to film that one night it was just like the story of me <laughs> agonizing over how to film I mean so I think it's just let it doesn't have to be epic learn the mechanics you know and then um and then go from there yeah it doesn't have to be epic that is um that is definitely um when you're especially when you're starting, uh, I need I need to tell myself that more. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about something that you created though that that was epic. Like, what is tell tell us about creating? You know, maybe it's a, not out of like the 365 mm -hmm. uh, project, but like, what are you what are you most excited to be creating now? Um, yeah. 
it, it, as maybe it's whether that's longer stories or, yeah. or yeah. Talk to me about your personal development as a storyteller. Yeah. So, uh, I am actually trying to create something epic now, which is like, oh my gosh, let's see how this goes. I, I have up until this point, I haven't created anything longer than, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes, which is um, long. Yeah. Which 15 is, minutes yeah. is long. Um, and I, I, I had been wanting to do this documentary about, um, it's a personal one about my family and I, 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 I started it. Um, and unfortunately can't complete it because I'm telling myself that I need to travel and go to the places where I had wanted to film. Um, so it's kind of like pause right now. I've done what I can locally. Uh, but that it, that it's hard uh, doing something longer because there's more new things to worry about when you're creating something longer. Um, I really had to be organized and plan and um, and actually have more pre-production happening. Um, whereas for the shorter ones like YouTube videos and whatnot, there's you know very little pre-production. Um, and so that that to me is uh, we'll see how it turns out. I mean, but it's it's an epic effort for now. <laughs> I mean, just even to to start such a project is an epic effort. Yes. Um, is is I guess I mean yeah I mean you we're in a world where we have to put certain things on hold. Yeah. Um, but is that, can you, can you, I don't want to, if, if you don't want to talk about the the story itself right now, cause it's still in prog progress, but I'm just curious yeah, as to yeah. like what your, what your vision is, or um, you said it was about family. So, yeah. so, yeah. so it, why that, I guess. One is because, um, I think it's an important story to capture and I haven't really heard it told. It's about, um, the overarching theme is actually, um, it's about the overseas Filipino worker. It's, we call them OFWs. And it's very much part of Filipino culture where typically it's the mother that will work overseas for years and years and leave her family behind so she can make money and send it back. Um, I am a product of that. My mom was in Australia and she was that overseas Filipino worker and I was a child left behind. And I've heard it told in a very... Um, numbers kind of way, but I never heard it told from a, a very personal way. And I feel like it's had a huge effect on me in my life. And I know other people and parents, I know my mom, it really affected her. And it, it is very much um, deeply ingrained in the Filipino culture. And I just want to just kind of tell that story. To me, it's just really important. And it, it, t talk to me more about the story because I do on this podcast we like to talk about people's you know or origins are growing up and yeah. where it was like creativity born and those types of things but mm. how long were you yeah the child left behind and when uh, um yeah, to, yeah to tell was, us more I was left behind for seven years um, so, I mean, it was a happy childhood. Like I, you know, don't get me wrong. I grew up with my aunts and uncles who, and uncle who raised me and then my cousins. So I was with this like huge family, but my mom would come and go. And I felt like I didn't really know her, obviously, um, until, I, you know, I moved to Australia myself. And um, there's just kind of this weird, like this woman would come into my life, you know, every year and say she's my mom. You know, it was just like really really it's just such a weird dynamic um and then so and then when I moved in with her to Australia it was like getting to know 
your mother, which is such a weird thing to say. Um, and then we kind of like grew our relationship from there. So, and, and it's not unique to me. That's the funny thing. It's not unique to my, to my, it's not, it happens a lot in the Philippines. And not just in the Philippines. Um, yeah, it's true. You know, yeah. Uh, um, just again, the, the, um, I guess what I was thinking was about, you know, those first seven years of your life is when a lot of like, that is when you have the ability to, to be creative and to, you know, you're kind of in this little bubble before your brain changes and starts to like, not be as, you know, emotion, you know, that's like the emotional period of our lives and seeing the world in a different way. Um, and, and, and you're a mom, um, and a single mom. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. how, like, talk to me about your approach to, I don't know. I mean, we're running out of time here, but I know, like, I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's just, it's really interesting to me, again, that when we tell stories and, yeah. um, again, a lot of it is, is looking at our own lives. Um, so did that experience change, like, your view of motherhood for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, I didn't understand why it happened to me when I was younger. And, you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie, there's a little bit of like, anger or bitterness, like, because I didn't understand it. I was a kid. But now that I'm a mom, it's like, you know what, I might have done the same thing. And then I can, as a mother now, if I imagine having to leave my child, I can't like, that's just beyond, that's such a sacrifice. And so the fact that my mom did that, I can see it from her perspective now, I guess is what I'm saying. And so it's, I'm much more like I empathize with what she went through as well. And so I can kind of understand the whole situation. And therefore um, the desire to create the, tell the story. Well, I just, I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, your ability to be able to continue the project. Um, and, and, um, cause yeah, what, what, a important story to, to tell, um, just to, yeah. you know, universally, um, for, for people who have no idea or haven't experienced or, you know, to, to then again, like your self-expression of getting that out in the world for yourself too, and for your family. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying not to have so much pressure on myself. All I'm saying is like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to care about what everybody else thinks. It's just important to me. And I'm just, I'm just going to just do it. (laughs) Yes. Because again, I think it always comes back to for creatives, especially your intention. And -hmm. and when you do something for yourself is very different than when you do something for projecting what the outcome might be, what somebody else might think of it, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's, that's a, that's the way to go about it and <laughs> keep yeah. coming back to that. Right. Right. Exactly. Yes. Create it for yourself. <laughs> Cielo, I asked you this before we got, we got on, but, uh, is your favorite color yellow? Yes, <laughs> it is. And, and it's a coincidence, but it's also how I tell people how to pronounce my name. C yellow. <laughs> and I love the the double entendre with the C because you're a filmmaker and the C yellow, you know, oh, photographer. Hey, hey, that's right. I didn't make that connection. <laughs> well, now you have it. I you know. Can, there you uh, go. Thanks, I'll Kenna. hand that one over to you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
So there you go, everybody. I wanted to end with that because like, yep, now you're going to remember her name, Cielo. Cielo. Cielo, thank you so much for joining me. I really am excited to see what you continue to create with that particular project. But just in general, I want to make sure that everybody goes to your YouTube channel, check out that 366 project, 366, because you did make the 366, um, and just all the content that you put out there for people to learn, whether that is the tips, the tools, um, you are just constantly uh, giving. So where can people um, find you and follow you? Uh, you can find me on YouTube. It's uh, YouTube it's slash iPhone filmmaking or on Instagram where I post my videos. So I'm at the storyographist on Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again thank for you joining for us today. Me. It's so great to see you. And and again, of course, you can check out Cielo's uh, classes here on Creative Live or get on her. You've got freebies on your website. Um, go you know, check those out as well. If you have not already, I highly invite you to subscribe to our podcast, We Are Photographers. Uh, you can do that anywhere you listen to podcasts as well as you can check out all of our 113, I think now, episodes uh, on creativelive.com slash podcast. This will be released um, as an audio podcast as well. Every Tuesday, those are released. Um, and of course, you can also see what's coming up here on Creative Live TV, uh, where we continue to bring you unique programming, whether that is conversations and interviews or performances. Um, and we're just excited to be able to be streaming from our host to yours. And uh, we're all in this together. So thank you again, Cielo and Cielo. <laughs> and I will see you again soon. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. I'm Kenna Klosterman, and you've been listening to the We Are Photographers podcast from Creative Live. At Creative Live, we believe there's a creator in all of us. And yes, that means you. If you're looking to get fresh perspectives, inspiration, or skills to boost your hobbies, business, or life, head over to creativelive.com slash creator pass. As a creator pass subscriber, you have access to over 1500 classes on demand. Whether it's photo and video, art and design, craft, entrepreneurship, personal finance, or even yoga, there is always something new to learn on Creative Live from the world's best educators. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review We Are Photographers wherever it is you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, and a five-star review goes a long way. You can stay up to date with everything happening at Creative Live by following us on social media, at Creative Live Everywhere. And I'm at Kenna Klosterman on Instagram and at Kenna K Photo on Twitter. If there's anyone you want us to feature on the podcast, just send me a message. Thank you again for being part of the global Creative Live community. And I'll see you all next week for another episode of We Are Photographers.